listening to the Ed Reach Network. Welcome to Ed Gamer Podcast, Episode 4 on Ed Reach. Do you know what your kids are playing? Welcome to this week's EdGamer podcast. EdGamer is part of the EdReach network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A big voice. This show is dedicated to educational gaming on any platform. We will give you the educational angle on any type of games ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We'll discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And I'm Jerry. Jerry, give us a little information on yourself. My name is Jerry James, and I'm a visual arts teacher at Schaumburg High School in Schaumburg, Illinois. So what's been going on with you, Jerry, lately? Not a whole lot. Winding down the corridor, you know, moving into that uh, that final time of the year, getting the seniors ready for their, you know, senior slide so they can just coast right on out. And uh, <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Do, you have a, do you actually have a slide yeah. at the school? Yeah, we should. You know, it should be a dedicated senior slide yeah. so they can Some- just... Some will land safely. Some will land into other things that, yeah, we just won't discuss. My name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. And I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. And you're finally alive, recovered. And I'm finally alive, and and um, I, I do have to apologize to our two, three, four, five viewers out there, <laughs> listeners out there. Um, yeah, I was down and out all last weekend. And uh, we did not do our Ed Gamer podcast, so my sincere apologies to all those out there, especially to those who allow us to do this and have fun. So, uh, but yeah, it's I'm finally feeling better. There's we've had a lot of kids out this past week or so, uh, just sick. And the change of weather. I mean, what we had freezing temperatures, you know, one week, and now we got into the 60s, you know, this past week. Yeah, it's been brutal. It's been pretty nuts. So once again, sorry. But uh, we'll we'll keep this going, and we already have ideas for little extras to record afterwards um, that we could you know play. And but the ideas that we were coming up, Jerry, with, with Jerry, uh, I don't know if we could actually uh, you know play them. <laughs> yeah, they were they were fun for us, but I don't know uh, if they're appropriate for everybody. Yeah, it might be a yeah, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> so uh, our our title this week is "Do you know what your kids are playing?" and it, we kind of, you know, Jerry and I. Uh, I'm in the I'm in a middle school. Jerry's in a high school, and we've kind of been, you know, we constantly talk to our kids, and I think we have pretty good relationships with our with our students. And uh, but we we talk about games, and we've kind of just jotted some notes down of, of things that we've heard uh, recently about the games that our students are playing. Very informal, nothing scientific about it at all. Um, but you know, it was. It's one of those things that, as a parent myself, uh, and Jerry, you're not a parent, but it seems that you have multiple animals in your household. <laughs> I do. And, I have yeah. very loud dogs. Yeah, dogs playing poker because they're playing games too. So they uh, <laughs> you just got to watch out for them. Um, but asking you know, and, and trying to find out and seeing what my kids play at home uh, – and how you know they try to stretch the edge of appropriateness and and not and and are these games good bad ugly what's going on so I guess we'll start off with you know what type of games do you know do our students play and uh, Jerry why don't you start us off with uh, you know I guess we separated these into pretty much two categories didn't we boys and girls yeah yeah and, 
what did you what were some of the things that you saw with the types of games? Well, you know, I, I think there's a lot of there are a lot of different obviously there are a lot of different types of games to start with, but they're they're divided pretty uniquely between the the two categories. Um very I would say definitely a rarity to find you know, my female students playing very violent games, um, playing first-person shooters. Um, they do do a lot of social networking, so games that are more in communities they did tend to like, but um, more platform-type games. You know, um, the Wii seems to be pretty big with uh, some of the female gamers in my class. Um, a lot of the, uh, you know, sort of uh, a lot of the iPod, iPhone games, you know, the, the mobile device games. And then on the other hand, you know, the boys in my class is definitely playing um, some some more graphic games. I think I only found two, two or three females in my class that had you know gone for the Assassin's Creed or um, you know Left for Dead route, whereas you know, many many boys playing that because it's very popular in their cultures right now. You know, I wonder, you know, if we ever, you know, got somebody or we did a study or or something, uh, and I'm sure there's I'm sure there's information out there of you know why because platforming the platform games seem to be far more popular and i think it's the ease of use mm-hmm. and because they the graphics on them have gotten so much better over the years you know i grew up playing uh with the mouse and keyboard and i'm just so used to doing that i cannot play for the life of me a first person shooter on the xbox oh, i can't do it uh, I am I, I'm so much better, <laughs> which is not saying much, but I'm so much better on a keyboard mouse than I am on, you know, on the Xbox. Yeah, so, so, go ahead. That, I was just gonna say that's kind of interesting then because um, as I grew up, I played. You know, Nintendo was like really big, and I played a lot on Nintendo. Didn't play as much on PC, um, so I'm more comfortable almost on a platform type gaming. But then that makes me wonder. Kids now are these the kids we're talking to? Are they going to be so comfortable playing on phones, you know, mobile devices yeah. that maybe uh, it starts to hurt both the other two platforms? Well, and and there's a lot more effort that's involved into loading a PC game mm-hmm. to installing a PC game uh, rather than just picking up the controller, putting the disc in, or having it already on the hard drive of your PlayStation or Xbox. You know that the ease of use there is is pretty. Um, it's easy for these kids to pick up these games. So whether it's the Wii, you know, the girls, I you totally see, I you know, I see a lot more girls that are doing the platform, whether it's the phone, there's a lot of iPod Touch mm-hmm. uh, or phones or even a DS or, you know, the plat, you know, the Xbox. They're playing a lot more of those games rather than the boys. I see a lot more boys playing the PC. But I'll ask you, just throw you on the spot here. If they're on the PC, what games are they playing? Um, you know, a lot of the games that I'm seeing on the PC are the community-based games. I, I think that's obviously one of the great strengths of the PC with you know, with the keyboard. Um, any any type of community game. I'm, I'm trying to remember Now, here. is it but are they installed games or are they just online? Uh, I'm seeing more online games yeah. than, than installed games. That's what I'm. That's what I'm seeing too. It's it's so easy to go to a website mm-hmm. to sign up and it's played within the browser. It's that ease of use factor. Um, you know, for a geek like me, and I have a lot. You know, I have some boys that are really at that level within my classes that they'll install the games. 
Mm-hmm. They'll use Steam or they'll use something else. Steam makes it actually a little bit easier because you just download it. It automatically installs for you. And maybe that's why Steam's becoming popular with some of those those kids. But you have a small group that will actually sit there and install something. It's easier just to go to a website. Well, just click. And let's, yeah. let's not forget cost. You know, so many website-based games are either free or, you know, minimal monthly Mm-hmm. Contracts, you know, as opposed to dropping fifty, sixty bucks on a Steam game, yep, you know, could could be a big difference. Yeah, and even some of those installed games, uh, you know, there's World of Warcraft. You have an MMO. Some of those will do. You know, you're paying ten, fifteen dollars a month. You have to buy the game, and then you 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 do this. Sometimes they'll give you a free month. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's some intricate details I won't, I won't go into, but uh, a lot of those games now are doing what they're called freemium. Uh, it's free and premium. <laughs> That's a nice word. Uh, premium. And so you have, you get the game. You can play for free, but you can't go to all the different places. You can't do certain things. And then they kind of drag you into, oh, you're going to really want to do this. So then you start paying the premium price. So they've really dropped their prices in order to get, uh, players to, to, to get into the game initially. So that's kind of the, that's kind of a PC market type of strategy. So we're, we're seeing, we're seeing multiple platforms. Um, I'm not really seeing one that, I mean, I guess the platforming devices, I keep repeating this, sorry, but you know, <laughs> the, the easy ones, you know, the Xbox, PlayStation, a phone or online games. Those are the ones that seem to be the most popular with the kids. Now, is there one particular? If you had to say Xbox or PlayStation, which one is probably the most popular? Uh, from general conversation, I'm probably going to throw out Xbox. Yeah. That seems and to be what I, what I come across more. I see that, and I think there's two reasons. One is the Xbox Live. Mm-hmm. Their online uh, play is is phenomenal. It's it's great. It's an on you know online community. I can hook up with friends very easily uh, and play the games online. And that's I know PlayStation is getting they're supposed to be getting better with that, but it's so much easier on the Xbox um, Xbox to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's one area. And then the next one is that the Connect. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. The Connect is is the next <clears throat> is the next thing, and I guess it was considered the fastest. Selling electronic gadget ever. Wow. Um, they sold like 10 million, uh, you know, connects in a certain amount of time, which was more than any other electronic gadget. Uh, and I don't know if there's there's a specific market or whatever, but you know, if it's like, if that, is that better than the iPad? Is that better than the iPod? Whatever. But it it, it made some marks, and you know, Microsoft's kind of dropped down in some of this in some of these areas, especially in other categories for computers and technology but man they they got it right with the xbox i mean it's a it's a very nice device yeah i've heard it referred to pretty frequently as more of a gamers type platform Um, now is that do you have that i do not no i actually have a ps3 Mm. so what's your reasoning uh (laughs) this is bad but um at the time when i bought it the blu-ray player Oh yeah, uh, the PS3 had a much better uh, Blu-ray player, and it was uh, it was con- actually considered it was ranked among Blu-ray players as like right. because of the Blu-ray Live, like one of the best Blu-ray players. And yeah. I was looking for one at the time, and I was like, you know what, might as well. I was almost thinking about just getting the PlayStation 3 just for the Blu-ray player. Um, I would hate to say that's what I did, but it's close to yeah what I did. And then I, I've looked into the 360, just haven't. Um, made that commitment yet you know yeah. I'm not sure if i will because of what's available you know through things like steam and online 
Yeah. So, okay, back to the to some of the games that they're playing. So we do see a difference between the boys and the girls, and I see the same thing in the junior high. You know, the girls are definitely, um, I don't want to use the wrong word, but softer games, more mm-hmm. family-friendly, rated E type of games yeah. uh, with the Wii. Um, you know, it's, it's um, you know, Mario. They might do some Mario games. Um, uh, Happy Pets. <laughs> you know, Happy Pets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, we fit. You know, you get some kids that do that. Sure. Uh, you know, and then Angry Birds. Just nothing. I mean, that's really violent, you know, Angry Birds. <laughs> Everybody loves Angry Birds, but they are violent. Yeah, so, I mean, you have some of the uh, some of the simpler games. That uh, Let's put it this way, less violent yeah. for, the, for the girls. And then you talk to the boys, and whether they're just trying to impress you, you know, if they're telling the truth or not, I don't know. But almost all of them, some type of Call of Duty, and the most current ones, Black Ops. Mm-hmm. So they're going to say that one. Left for Dead, which in Left for Dead 2, which I have to play with the lights on, which you know, <laughs> it just it's okay. Game, that game we freaks me out. You. Yeah, it just it, it's fun to play with friends. It's just it, it's just not my type of game. But I mean, it's it, it's fun if, if you, definitely with your friends. No way I'd ever play that by myself. I'm, I'm a scaredy cat when it comes to that. But Every single boy has some type of violent game, and I don't know what that says. Um, but and you remember uh, growing up? I mean, it's not like I didn't play with BB guns or, or oh, yeah. bottle rockets, and, and you know, <laughs> bottle rockets. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's another story. Right there, yeah, that's another story. Uh, but yeah, that's that's something else. Um, you know, it's not like we didn't play war growing up and things like that. Now they have an outlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I wonder if. 30 years ago, if games like these were out, would I have been playing them? And I, I bet most likely yes. Yeah, I, I would assume the answer would probably be yes. You know, I'm not sure there's anything about our culture that makes us that much more. I mean, you, I, you'll always hear the arguments of uh, the media, you know, gives this grand scale to war and things like this, and we're so embedded with it. And, and sure, I'm, I'm sure, you know, the more media we have and the more outlets we have and the more things like that we have, I'm sure that's true. But, you know, there's always been games about war. I remember, okay, here's a throwback for you. Did you ever hear, or do you remember the game General Chaos for Sega? That sounds familiar. This was my absolute favorite game ever. Yeah. The worst you know, worst graphics on earth, but it was like <laughs> a friend and it was right when they put out the little four player thing. So you could have four controllers, Oh boy, two teams and you were literally on opposite sides of a battlefield and you got to like choose your guy, whether you wanted a flamethrower or a grenade launcher, <laughs> you would just like lob grenades at the two on the other side and countless nights, countless nights were lost wow. to, to general chaos. And I'm still trying to find a copy on eBay as well as a Sega. Uh, you know what? They probably have, um, uh, a mod for a phone oh. that you could play. Was it a Sega? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, what's I can't remember the terminology where you can uh, you can load those on your phone yeah, and play them. Probably now going to spend the next week hunting that down, <laughs> hunting those down. Yeah, yeah. There's some old Commodore uh, 64 games that one was Ranger, oh. and it was oh, it was just it was awesome. Yeah, it was only a single player. And we'd take turns, and we'd sit there and just watch each other play. It's just like, <laughs> wow, that was really exciting. But it was, I mean, for us back then, it, it, there's something about boys and violence and, and just putting those together. And, man, you can look online 
all over the place. You can look through academia. You can find where these things, these violent games can be uh, – you can do whatever you want with a re- research study, but where they impact and, and make things worse mm-hmm. uh, for a boy. You know, violent vi- video games can hurt them in the long run. You can find where – I found some that it actually helps. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking as somebody, there was, there was a few kids that say it's calming to them, and I relate to that. And I don't know, have we talked about that before? Uh, no, but you know what? I actually got the literal word-for-word same response from uh, two or three of my boys, that, that it was calming. And that's weird because they use the exact same word. So Now, here, here's the thing is that um, we're not going to diagnose anybody, but <laughs> I am diagnosed ADHD. So games like that actually do calm me down. People walk in and I'll I'll be playing some game and they're just like there's so much going on. There's, you know, it's it's chaotic. How do you know what's going on? It's actually soothing because my brain is racing at another speed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I, I look at it like a racetrack. Uh I'm an uh IndyCar driver and my brain's running at 200 miles per hour. Well, instead of most of the time I feel like I'm on Main Street. With that trying to go 200 miles per hour, I can't do it. It's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. When I play a game, my brain matches the same speed as what the game is, yeah. and that's calming. Sure. So, yeah. and I go ahead. No, I I completely agree. I think that's uh, I think that's definitely a part of it. It helps you focus. You know, it yeah. gives you the ability to fo- you know focus all of your brain power on on the multiple things that are happening inside your game. And yeah. There's 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 a lot to that, and as someone that who has ADHD and has done a lot of studies on with ADHD and reading about it, uh, that's a that's one of those things that man, it's amazing. And and you know, I feel sometimes uh, parents, um, you know, you see this happen. It's 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 turned into a babysitter. TV's turned into a babysitter. Games have turned into a babysitter. But there could be and can be some positives, especially for certain kids. Yeah. Well, sometimes they're a good babysitter. <laughs> I mean, some, you know, <laughs> sometimes they're good at providing kids what they, you know, what they need. Which, yeah, you, you, there has to be more to it than kids want to sit around and be lazy. Because most of the times, playing these games, although it requires very little maybe physical movement, the mental side of it is is never easy you know it's right. it's always a challenge which means if you have kids choosing to spend their time engaging in these challenges you know that that says something about the motivation that's inside right. it's not kids being lazy it's right. there's some other motivation and yeah. no that motivation is usually a Man. lot a lot bigger than than what we can put in in school yeah and that that opens up a whole can of worms uh connect actually um could lead to not only engaging games, but also physical, mm-hmm. where you're doing something physical. Um, you know, there are studies, I mean, doctors, uh, race ath- athletes, they'll use video games, especially for hand-eye coordination. So, you know, there's a lot there's a lot to it to where it can be used for something positive. And then, you know, why are games played, which we've discussed before, you know, there are certain levels of... I don't know if it's addictiveness, but it's certain levels of how a game keeps you going. Mm-hmm. And I think as as a teacher, I think sometimes they the games do it better than than some teachers do. Yeah, in keeping you interested. And I think that as time goes on, I think it makes it more difficult for us in the classroom. 
Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I, I, you know, games are exceptional at, at getting you, uh, it's like, it's like if you're listening to the radio and they give you that little, uh, you know, that little teaser to get you to wait through the commercials and listen for the next, you know, the next yeah. five minutes. Games yeah. do that exceptionally well. That's, yeah. you know, that's what they're good well, at. Well, just bringing up games and class. Just, just bring it up. The teachers out there that are listening to this, just ask the kids about just a little, <laughs> little experiment. You know, bring up what games do you play. You know, just talk at classroom discussion. And then cut it off. You know, maybe only talk about it for five minutes. And then cut it off and go on to your topic for the day. And see how difficult it is for some of the kids, actually a lot of them, to get their focus off of games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is It is mind-boggling. Whether that's addictiveness or it's just, it's you know, they really, really, really like it. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just one of those odd things that can happen in your classroom. And it's, um, you know, even if it's addiction, it warrants the conversation of why, you know, and not only why, but how can it be used in education? Right. To, you know, how can you make math that addicting? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so we've talked about the different platforms, you know, 360 seems to be the most common, um, you know, honestly, I think the PC is right there, but it's not the traditional PC games. It's online games, mm-hmm. uh, interacting and doing things there. I mean, you, I talked to my daughter. I could, um, you know, I limit her time on the my oldest daughter on the computer. But if I asked her, name three websites where I could go find free games online, and she'd rattle them off, and she'd probably have a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? She'd be able to list a lot more. Um, mobile devices, do you think those are becoming more popular then? Uh, I, I do. Uh, you know, uh, just because it's – you can't take a PS3 with you. You can't take your Xbox with you. You know, you really can't take your computer with you. But um, uh, iPods, iPhones, iPads, you know, these things are, are with students all the time. So it's it's just a natural choice. Right, and man, <clears throat> I'm just looking at the uh, like the iPad 2 mm-hmm. and the new graphics for that, and what could be done on that. Um, a little bit more; it's more portable than a laptop or a PS3. Sure, um, it's not as portable as an iPad, but man, it's going to be able to do some interesting things. And then some of those devices now, they're becoming very smart about this, are becoming online. So Words with Friends, I think, is one. Mm-hmm. A game that mm-hmm. uh, you could do like a Scrabble type game with your friends. Yeah, uh, yeah, similar. Uh, I think uh, that's the is that the 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 app from the App Store because it's yeah it's you know it's like five different or it's also called Word Feud for like Android. Okay. So it's yep. the exact same thing. Um, but yeah, great community game. I mean, I have I have games right now going with you know five of my friends and then fifteen random people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can do that on a phone. You just don't want to show up to a place sometimes and, and meet up, hook up with fifteen random people. But maybe yeah, not a good idea. Yeah, not a good idea. We don't not endorse safety. that here. <laughs> <laughs> safety, safety first. Yeah. Uh, so, um, oh man, now you got me off. Here. Um, so, seriously, that <laughs> that got me, that got me thinking. Okay, so what do we? Some of these games, 
that if we talk about the games that these kids are playing, uh, if we had to say yes or no, are they educational? <sighs> you had to say yes or no, the games that, that, that they're playing, are they educational? Um, are, are they educational? Could, could we bring them in the classroom? Are, are they educational to the concepts we're trying to teach in the classroom, or are they educational in the terms of they're fundamentally making your brain better? Can I bring this into a social studies classroom? Can I say, uh, here's Left 4 Dead 2, and just <sighs> throw it at the high school and say, play it? You're thinking about this too much, yes or no? No. No, okay, so <laughs> you're thinking about too much. I yeah. want to be able to say yes. I I agree. I, I'm with you. <laughs> but I I'm can't. With, I say it's, can't of course it. not. You can't do it. You can, you'd never be able to bring a game like that into the classroom. Yeah. Um, so overall, the games that our kids are – now, I would have to say I, from just our discussions is that the games that the boys are playing overall would be inappropriate for the classroom. Yes, Yes, and, and and would you say the girls would have a better handle on games, uh, on bringing those games to the classroom? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, there's you know there's a lot of games there that you might be able to bring to the classroom. So this is this is the tough part because you know as as being a parent, you know, do we actually know all the games that our kids are playing? And that's that's scary. Because I'm, I I think we're both pretty tech savvy, and I think eventually down the road, I'm not saying you need to have kids, you know, <laughs> nine months from now, Jerry. But um, I, I'm well aware of what my dogs are playing. Okay, <laughs> I've got, I've got monitors for this kind of thing. <laughs> you got cameras set up throughout yeah. the house. Um, but um, do we do we actually know what they're playing? And um, that's kind of scary. It's kind of scary for me. I, like I said, I'm pretty tech savvy. And I need to stay on top of this stuff, and most parents are not. And as platforms change, that's only going to get harder and harder because you may be monitoring what's happening on a PC. You may be monitoring what games are purchased for systems, but then you throw in mobile devices, and yeah. you know it's a whole whole different. You know because there are, there are so many mobile devices where you could track. I mean, you can you can track certain things through a record of what pe- what's being bought through app stores or, or through uh, you know Android markets or things like that. But but there's so many free games, so many online games that it's only going to get harder and harder to track that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, look no. at it in school alone. We have you and I both, and we've had this discussion in the past. We both have very high tech, professionally run by very talented engaged people in the field we both have technology services that block and filter internet websites yeah. you know specifically for gaming and the kids know it'll come up on the screen says blocked you can't go here reason gaming you know or game mm-hmm. whatever but um but as we've discussed in the past there are websites that dedicated to finding ways around that kind of yeah thing. and the kids will find a way around it yeah, for every for every i hate to say parental solution but for every monitoring solution there's up pops another, you yeah. know, counterculture gamer way of getting around it. Well, the easy, the easy answer, the most difficult to implement, is monitor your kids, uh, monitor your students, mm-hmm. um, and talk to them. You know, hey, you know, I think actually, I think that's that's probably the the best point is talking to them. If you talk to your students is either a parent or as a teacher, if you're talking to your students and just ask why that was some of the most, you know, interesting 
discussion that I have between my students is I why do you play games? Why? What's mm-hmm. the point? Because it is, you know, like I said before, it's not a laziness thing. It's it's bringing them to a different world. It's they're they're choosing to play these because they're motivating for them to play. So so why are they dedicating their time to this? Well, and and the motivation, that's that's what you know, academia and what we are are trying to answer. Why you know, why do they like them so much? How can we turn that into an educational piece? Mm-hmm. That's that's the ticket. I mean, that's that's really um, a goal. Uh, you're right. It's not. It, it it's you know, people read books to escape. Mm-hmm. You know, people do that to escape. Or movies. Or movies. And gaming can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and to show how popular gaming is, I mean. Uh, you know, a lot of it's amazing how there's like e entertainment and how people constantly watch that, you know, on, on all these celebrities and 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 not so celebrities, which I don't think some of them are celebrities, <laughs> but you know, and you know, the movies and, and what they're making, but the gaming industry, money wise, um, and I don't know the numbers, but you know, some of the most popular games totally outperform the Call of Duty series. Um, yeah, totally outperforms the movies, mm-hmm. you know, individual movies and in multiples of movies. But um, it's becoming more popular, and even those stars that you watch on E Entertainment are playing games too. So um, it's a very popular thing. It used to be where I remember questionnaires when I was younger, as a younger teacher, and even as a as a kid. Um, do you play games? And it used to be, you know, seventy five percent play games you know 70 and most of them are boys girls really don't play games mm-hmm. I, I what do you think those percentages are now for boys uh i you know to tell you the truth just from talking to the students in my classroom you know that i think that's okay not flip-flopped to the point where females are playing games and boys aren't but it, it's getting much much closer to half and half there there are total cultures of of girls and a lot of them playing you know the online community games but um also the the games that we talked about and i think it's much closer to half and half now yeah and it, i i would agree and i would say if i'd say 100 percent of the kids are playing games mm-hmm. i would agree i i don't I don't think there's – I mean it'd be very rare. It'd be hard to find a kid that doesn't play games. And I think if if you ask and a student said they don't play games, I think they might just be misunderstanding the concept of what a <laughs> game is. Yeah. You know, all yep. the, the different types and branches of games between the different platforms, between playing um, – Typical games, like we talked about, you know, board board games, board games, yeah, games in classes, card games. You know, I, I think students just simply wouldn't understand the question if they said they're not playing games. Right, right. So yeah, that's. So we we've seen that you know percentage wise, gaming is 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 very powerful tool. Um, now we just got to get we have to get developers out there to create better educational games. <laughs> I agree. Or learning how to modify. Uh, current games that we have and, and being able to use those in the classroom. So, I think appropriate... someone should write an open letter to Steam. Oh, you know that's a great idea. <laughs> That'd be a great idea. Um, you know, so appropriateness overall, not so much. Kind of concerned if we're parents, you need to keep an eye on that. As a teacher, keep an eye on that. Um, 
you know, because there are some school districts that don't have that filtering. Yeah. And right. and I can just imagine I'm a hawk in my if I'm in the lab I'm a hawk going around making sure if they're somewhere where they're not supposed to be they know they're kicked off <laughs> I mean it's just it's as simple as that I you know I'm responsible for them while they're in there uh, and if they go somewhere they're not supposed to be then you know that's my responsibility so you got to watch out for that now guidelines in schools um, do you have some type of uh, user policy. The user policy in place is pretty general in my school, and I think that's kind of them <laughs> to yeah. to give us um, leeway that, that if we can find things that are going to academically benefit our kids to help implement them. But essentially, um, things need to be for education because that's why we're there. So right. if, if it's not closely linked to education, then – So left for dead? Not, <laughs> not closely linked to education. Not closely linked. Um, let's see. The other, Call of Duty. Not closely linked, although little history in the game, a little bit, but not closely linked to education. Um, I could, I could probably, pro- probably write up a, um, the storyline, and it, see, this is what's interesting. See, I could, I could look at it as a social studies language arts angle. The kids probably could tell me what the storyline is. Yeah, and we could probably see if it, if, if that storyline is actually realistic. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I Left hate, for Dead. I, I guess you could get into science. <laughs> I hate to call it twisting. You know, oh, it is twisting. It, well, oh, it is. It's twisting, but you, I think it has important, you know, aspects to it. Now, so much of this is um, beneficial to my world in the visual arts because these are all I consider all of these things amazing works of art. You know, right. I mean, the, the graphics and the rendering and I could sit down with my students and talk about, you know, the blending, the shadows, mm-hmm. um, you know, how, how this level has been created and how, you know, things don't merge here and how this, you know, area or sector should have been lighter or, you know, of course we can get into all that kind of stuff, right. but, but fitting it in a fifth grade classroom could be trickier. <laughs> you think? Yeah. <laughs> um, now it, w- it would be really cool to see a science teacher and a math teacher that sees no connection in gaming, uh, to actually see what's involved in the the programming, and the actual science and math that's involved, sure, uh, the physics and you know the the mathematics of it. And we've had um, you know at the high school level, we've we've had things pick up recently with, the, of course now you know testing and and all the other you know standardized stuff. There, there's so much of a push on math and sciences, and we've had a huge push on the elective sides of what we call those core subjects. So math is now running several electives, um, many of which are computer programming based, um, you know, in, in under the guise of video gaming, you know, gaming and things like that. Yeah. And it's, it, the tough part is that, you know, I have all these great ideas. It's just planning and being able to integrate something like that together, because really you can come up with, some type of game or the creation of a game and you can go through and see all the different areas because you know you look at the state standards and you say okay i'm supposed to teach all these things but this game is able to teach this 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 and this mm-hmm. you have like a checkoff list and but having the time to create something like that um yeah. is is very difficult well and then and then having the 
the ability to communicate it to enough educators who are willing to implement uh. it in their classrooms. Because let's be honest, you could you could do this in your classroom, but unless you're going to go out and have enough time to sell yourself at every conference in the world, yeah, how you're, else are you going to push it? Except you're only going to yeah, you're only going to get a small number of teachers that feel comfortable doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the interest level would be very high. Sure. So, you know, the good teachers out there, they're going to work and learn and and be able to create new things because they know that's what's best. Um, it's just the others that <laughs> that I'm concerned about. Good hearts and everything. And, and, and here's the thing. It, this is just one tool. You know, I want to make that clear. This is just one tool. I mean, it, it's a way that you could reach kids. It's a, it could be a very effective way of, of reaching kids. It's, it's not necessarily the best way for all kids. Sure. It's just, it's just one. But you know, even the conversations that you have with your kids are engaging. You know, I mean, how many, how many kids in your class think you've ever played Left 4 Dead? Yeah. It, it, I, I kind of surprised them. Yeah. Um, but what's scary is to me is that some of the games that they do play and I'm just like, do, do you do you know? Do your parents know you're playing this game? And, and most of them are like, "Well, they they're the one that bought it for me. I can't buy it." And I was <laughs> like, "Okay, well, you know, that's you know, I look at my kids and I look at my oldest, and I was like, uh, yeah, there's no way in the world my kid would be, ever be playing a game like that.' Um, but you know what? We just watched uh, for the first time uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, Lord of the Rings, and you could say that you know there's stuff in there that you would see in some of those video games. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's it's scary. It's it's scary as a teacher and it's scary as as a parent. That go ahead. No, no, keep going. Um, last thing to bring up here: Do the games they play at home make it more difficult to to integrate? Whether the games are just, I think we kind of answered this a little bit. Integrate within the classroom. Yeah, uh, I mean, a simple answer. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I wish those games, I wish those games could be in the classroom because those are the games that kids want to play. You know, in as, as many teachers as we have that try to bring games into the classroom and the games that they're, they're getting kids to play, although I think this is a good way to get your foot in the door of the discussion of gaming and education. You know, the, the PowerPoint Jeopardy, things like that, you know, board races, those, those are all, those are all great, but what we really need to look at is some of these more serious games the kids are volunteering their free time for and how that can fit in to the classroom. Because obviously, you know, there there are tons of games we can't bring into the classroom and tons of games we won't. There are tons of movies we don't show in the classroom, even if they're educational. Right. You know, showing Schindler's List in the classroom might be a hard sell. So even though it could be educational. So how, how do we, you know, I don't know. I guess that's the question. And and I think each teacher is going to be different. Each uh, school, each district, mm-hmm. uh, where you're at, um, it's just um, hopefully we can be a resource for those of you out there listening to kind of help uh, integrate some of these, some ideas that you might have, some game that you might want to bring into the classroom and how that that could be, you know, uh, how a game could be used effectively. Um, that's, you know, Portal 2 is the next one. And I, I, I've been telling Jerry, talking to the audience out there, mm-hmm. been telling Jerry that uh, that's one game that we're going to have to uh, get because it's 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 a puzzle game, um, but it's co-op. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that game. And it's 
it's one of those where, man, I could I could just start listing out in my head all the possibilities of how to bring that into the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's in language arts for writing, writing about your experience, uh, whether it's science or math, uh, each of those, each level in the game it has a map built in. You could have them create the map and have them uh, calculate uh, the the solution of how they were able to get through that level. Mm-hmm. And there's just there's so many different ways that you can integrate a game like that. So that's one game that I'm hoping down the road when when it does come out, we can we can definitely discuss and bring in. Yeah, I look forward to it. So, anything else you can think of? You know, I think. Um... I think my, my, my concluding thought here would be that you were dead on with um, uh, discussion in the classroom. You know, is if you're a teacher and, you, and you're unsure on, on how to bring this up, how to approach it, um, discussion is just like literally the best way to, to find out what your kids are playing. And you yeah. might be really, really shocked, really interested at how into it they are and at how much they will tell you. And if there's any way that you're able to take one of those games that the kids are into um, and integrate that somehow, as long as it's appropriate and, and, and fits with what you're doing, um, it's amazing the buy-in you get from the kids. And uh, you can have buy-in, but you need to make sure, you know, as a good teacher, you need to make sure that um, that it's integrated well and that you have some definite learning outcomes. So I think that's about it for this week. Starting to fade. I don't know if it's just because <laughs> I'm getting over my my cold or, or what, <laughs> but uh, my brain is 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 getting fried. So, uh, thank you for listening to uh, this week's Ed Gamer Podcast Number Four. Do you know what your kids are playing? Please follow us on EdReach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. listening.